हेलो सलाम नमस्ते सत श्रीकाल ट्यूसडे का दिन है और ट्यूसडे जैसे होता है आपको पता है कि आपको इंतजार करना है एक बढ़िया से शो का जो कि सात से साढ़े सात बजे तक लेके आते हैं मैं मैं हूँ आरजे स्वाति और मेरे साथ जुड़ती हैं मिस रेनू डिलिन जो कि है हमारी कर्ता धर्ता ऑफ द शो शी इज द जीनियस बिहार इंजीनियर्स के थ्रू ज्वाइन एवरी ट्यूजडे सेवन टू सेवन थर्टी एंड वी टूगेदर ब्रिंग कैंडेड कॉन्वर्सेशन विथ रेनू डिलन इससे पहले कि हम आज कल के भारी टॉपिक के बारे में जाए I'm going to remind you that if you have any childcare needs, don't forget to check out Genius Kids. And uh, Reno is the CEO and founder of Genius Kids. उनके centers हैं across Bayria, Tracy, and Sacramento. उनके जो centers में you have kids ranging from you know zero to twelve months, infants, toddlers, preschool, pre-K, you name it. So if you have any childcare needs, do not forget to check out www.geniuskidsonline.com. वैसे आप उन्हें call भी कर सकते हैं five one zero seven one three two four three one टिपिकली हमारे शो पर उन चीजों के बारे में बात करते हैं अबाउट थिंग्स दैट मैटर अबाउट द कॉन्वर्सेशन दैर हैपनिंग अराउंड द बे एरिया सो दिस इज यूजली वी फोकस ऑन यू नो वेमेन एंड चिल्ड्रेन बट आज का टॉपिक बहुत ही खास है वी आर गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट द फ्रीमॉन्ट नेविगेशन सेंटर और द लास्ट फ्यू वीक्स वी हैव टॉक्ड अबाउट इट कभी उसके फेवर में वी हैड मिस्टर योगी चुग रेप्रेजेंट दैट Why he is in favour, and then we had Anjali and Shubh last week who were against the topic. But today we have someone very special join us here in the studio, and we are going to be talking about what her views are. But with that, first let me welcome Renu to the show. Hello and welcome. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Swati. How are you? I am well. How are you doing? And uh, what do we have for our listeners today? Well, we have we continue with this whole controversy about the Fremont Navigation Center in Fremont, and as right. you mentioned, we've had Yogi, um, who's been on council before, and he came and expressed his views. And then last week we had Subhu and Anjali, who are downtown residents who just recently bought their townhouse. Right. So they came to express their very strong views. Right. And today I thought it was only appropriate to. Make sure we hear everybody's opinion. So we brought uh, none other than the mayor of Fremont, Lily May. So welcome, Lily. Welcome to our show. Thank you. And I thought it would be only be appropriate since uh, she's a true representative of Fremont to hear her her version of the city and how the process has been going and you know where we stand. So welcome to the show and thank you for taking the time to come here. Sure. Thank hey. you very much for the wonderful opportunity to come and join all of you. But I also wanted to clarify one thing that's really Really important. I appreciate and thank the people of Fremont for putting their support behind me to elect me as the mayor. But I am part of a council team of seven, and that certainly each of us have equal votes. And so each of my council members are also participants and represent Perfect. their districts. Great. Thanks for clarifying that. So, Lily, as you know, this has become such a controversial issue. And um, when Yogi was here a few weeks ago, he did explain to us that the you know the current uh, i know it's been narrowed down to two sites and the one that a lot of people i know there's been the dicoto site and then the one in downtown i'm referring to the one in downtown because we've had a lot of calls on that 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 land does belong to the city of fremont so he mentioned that you actually gave an opportunity for the residents to come in and express their views and that was not something that you were required to do is that correct Well, it's something that I, th- I think when you're making sound decision-making process, you want to include the community. And w- this is part of a, an ongoing discussion that we've had. We've actually had a couple study sessions over the past few years to talk about the um, increase that we're seeing in homelessness 
and how we can be thoughtful in terms of some of the ways that we address it. This is just one of our many different ways that we're addressing homelessness. We have everything from our uh, warming shelters, which I think many people are for, for, uh, familiar with when the, the, in the past, our city on days where it's cold or inclement, um, we've brought people in to our uh, senior center over mm-hmm. in Lake Elizabeth and housed them. And this past year, we actually started um, from November through March uh, doing it on a daily basis. And so it allows us to address some of those concerns as well as the fact that we are looking at mobile hygiene units. Um, we also partner with um, local organizations such as Abode at our warming center uh, down on Brown Road so that we can provide these services ongoing. But what we're seeing in the entire state of California, much like the United States, and certainly in Alameda County, we're seeing a growth in the unhoused and unsheltered homeless. Right. I'd like to remind our listeners, you're listening to Candid Conversations with Renu Dillon, and we have the mayor of Fremont talking about the Homeless Navigation Center, which is to be, uh, you know, put up in Fremont, and we uh, we have questions that Renu is going to ask. Yeah, so I had uh, viewers uh, and listeners send me questions. Yeah. So one of the questions, actually, that's come up is, uh, can we ask the mayor, why are they only looking at success data from the Berkeley Navigation Center, which they claim has 84% success and not from other centers in San Francisco that have only shown 14% success rate? Uh, Berkeley Center is just a year old and in an industrial location, whereas the San Francisco centers have been there longer and located close to residential. So that's a question that's come up a couple of times. Sure. So actually, just to let you know, what we when we're looking at this data and information, we are not looking just at the Berkeley or the San Francisco. We're looking at many different locations. And there's a lot of good um, information that's being exchanged from fellow mayors as well as looking at the model of how we deal with the homelessness uh, discussion throughout the United States. Um, We are looking at all examples in terms of what are some of the options. It just so happens that the Navigation Center has been one that has shown a better success. Um, I can say anecdotally, even for us, Right now, when we're using uh, one of our locations for housing some of the homeless um, in the interim, for example, our Islander Motel, and I was there for a national night out, and out of the 25 um, families that were there, I was really pleased and and, uh, uh, happy to hear that we've been able to house about three of the families, and I think we should have another two maybe joining soon. So the goal is to make sure with a navigation center, unlike the warming center, which is specific to shelter on days where it's inclement weather or issues, it's to find people who specifically are looking to transition into more permanent housing. And so it's allowing them the resources to be able to do so, um, whether it's documentation or um, allowing them connections for other um, services that would link them to um, security and allow them the ability to transition. So some of these individuals that we've been able to see when we visit the locations such as Berkeley or other navigation uh, centers is that they're looking for people to help them with some of the resources um, such as documentation or information that will allow them then to secure the funding, for example, disability funding or other things that will allow them to find housing. And so in that time period, they're given about four to, uh, four, about six months for us to be able to help them in this process. And what we've seen in talking to a lot of the residents is that they are very motivated, and that's why they're in those situations. This is not like the other centers, which I think we've also been working on in terms of family resources um, to do those wraparound services. This is specifically more for some of our um, single residents. 
Right. But the follow-up to that is we've we've heard that there's no uh, qualifying criteria to be put there, right? So anyone, uh, can you clarify a little bit on that? Like, is there a selection process who can get accommodated in that? Well, there is going to be some criteria. I think what we've talked about on the basic level right now, we haven't gone into the finalization of that data or how we're going to be selecting the residents, is that we've been looking at whichever the location is, certainly trying to have addressing that uh, residents of those areas. So, for example, be it Dakota or be it in the city center, we would want about 50% if possible. I mean, certainly, if you're going to be putting up the location, I think that that should be one of the key areas that we're going to focus on. And then also there's other criteria that have been used um, by um, some of these navigation centers and looking at so those most at risk. So those who are either um, have health illness issues or other criteria that would make them more at risk. Um, one thing to clarify also, though, is that we um, as a council can set some of the criteria. And depending on some of the funding and what we're looking at, um, I, I would be interested in hearing from my colleagues as to what our summer focus on. Certainly from the residents' perspective, because this has been a growing issue in Fremont, the first focus that we'd like to focus on is addressing those um, homeless and unsheltered within our own city. We also have some funding from Newark, and so therefore that is also going to be another area that we're going to address. And then some people the other night when we had the discussion asked about Union City. But Union City has been using some of their funding in particular to focus on um, the car you know, mm -hmm. you see people who have been staying overnight in their car housing, residents, sheltering the car. And um, so they've been actually partnering with us to provide us some of those resources. And so that those are some of the things that we would then partner within South County, in particular our Tri-Cities area. So I think another question that had come forth was that there's almost approximately, I think, about 600 homeless people, at least in mm -hmm. Fremont. And this navigation center is only going to cater to 45, of which... You're going to take 22 from Newark, considering that they're contributing their funds. We didn't say we're taking 22 from Newark. We haven't set the numbers. But if you're saying that what we relatively um, wanted to look at is 23 from Fremont, mm -hmm. and then 22 from South County it could be a range of, and it's those, those are based off a needs basis. So that could be someone in Fremont. So the, uh, the, work or the question is, the are we really addressing homeless when there's 550 more that need care? So, you know, how do you, you know, the uh, question that came in is, uh, you, I think it's about over $2 million that's going into the center, mm -hmm. but it's only catering to 45-plus homeless. So well, what about the rest? The $2 million is not just a loan for the center because I think what people are looking at is maybe oversimplification in terms of just looking at the dollar figures. This is also looking at the services because if we were just to give, let's say, funding to people so they can go um, rent property mm -hmm. or, or, or to apply it to their uh, rents, um, there's a lot of needs when people are transitioning that are including services that are supportive um, to allow them that that period of time to transition and also for us to work with um, our residents. So sometimes it's not taking the full, you know, right now for us to speculate on whether it will be 45 people or 90 people, mm -hmm. it, a lot will depend on the success of what we're seeing in terms of those who are being housed. Um, providing those access ability to the information or their funding and working with other local residents or partners in terms of rental properties and other ones to um, secure sites that could take um, the, the Section 8 funding or other funding, then that would allow us to better move the residents. Though some of these residents have had to move outside the area. Um, and that depends on where their, their location is. But the first goal 
is to address those who are in Fremont. I don't think that um, in terms of when it comes to addressing uh, the homelessness problem as a whole, there's no single bullet that we've seen in terms of silver bullet that seems to be solving everyone's problems. But this has been one that seems to have been successful in many cities because oftentimes I get calls as a mayor and so do our council members about residents and they're saying that they've seen um, a disturbance with a homeless person. But it's not enough. We can't just pick them up and put them. We have to put them somewhere and we want to give them opportunities. And in particular, we want to make sure that they're successful because otherwise they return to those locations. And so we are um, also trying to, like I said, with these types of opportunities, give the other counseling services and um, basically help guide them in terms of opportunities for their housing. As, as a follow-up to that, right, being a Fremont resident myself, and then, you know, there is an increase in the number of, you know, disturbances, like you call them. But we are also going to be attracting more homeless people in this area, and I'm sure you've heard of that, because because you have a navigation center, there are more people who are going to try and, you know, wait in line, like in Berkeley. So are there other measures that a city is taking so that, you know, we minimize these disturbances? Sure. Actually, I would disagree a little bit on that discussion. I know that there's some impression that people will queue up for right. the navigation centers. Um, the navigation center people are actually not, they're not waiting in line. They're actually p- being pre-selected and screened because of the criteria and their ability that we think would be successful to transition out of the housing. So we are not anticipating people queuing. Um, we also have, for example, right now a daytime navigation center um, that's run by BACS near um, Grimmer, and we are not seeing, um, and, and that's been running operating for several years, and that we have not seen a queue of people. Um, I think that that's some of it may be environmental to the, the section that they're looking at right now in terms of, um, if you're looking at Berkeley, right. they may have already had some existing uh, residents. And for us, honestly, I mean, that's one of the things I wanted people to recognize is that while it's not as visible sometimes as some of the other cities in terms of the tents being located on our streets directly on the corner. Some of them are, but a lot of our um, homeless residents are actually um, in um, on the side of the embankments yeah. um, by the creeks and sheds. So it's not that they aren't here. They already are here within our city. Um, I think that one of the things that's also le- important to let people know is that if we see that there's going to be a huge problem after, let's say, we start the mm-hmm. Homeless Navigation Center, we as a council can make an action to stop or discontinue or to change that. That's why we are using it as a temporary navigation center. It's not a permanent housing solution for us. So uh, a lot of, uh, again, the calls and the interest, the negativity that I've heard has been especially with people that have purchased these townhomes, the new townhomes in downtown because, you know, the city of Fremont was, I mean, when I was fortunate enough to get, a, you know, I was very excited when I found out that my Maori school was going to be downtown, near downtown, and a lot of people have invested money, and they all feel that had they known that this was possibility, something in the, that was going to come in the vicinity, they would have not purchased the homes. What's your comment on that? Because a lot of people feel that if this was going to be something of discussion, it should have been disclosed to them before, either by a builder or by the city, should have been there, and they should have had the opportunity to know about it. Well, certainly we want all of our residents to be involved, and this is not to be a permanent solution. But I think that right now what we're hearing already in the past few um, months, at least for me, uh, is that we are seeing the homeless right now in the downtown area. If you're looking um, 
much like any other cities where they have um, services or streetscape. So we do have some homeless already unsheltered living there. And so this allows them the resources to help get them out of that situation. But the residents feel that there's going to be more homeless, their property values are going to go down, and why they feel that this, if this was meant to be the upbeat, you know, downtown Fremont, restaurants, walking in the evening, they feel how is this going to complement this whole downtown concept of a Santana Row coming to Fremont? Well, I don't think that we were trying to target for Santana Row. I think we are uniquely Fremont, um, which is what we are hoping to address. Um, I think that what we're seeing still with our community center breaking ground is there will be vibrancy, there will be new retail coming, there will be new dining. Um, but I think that this could actually complement that situation in the sense that right now there's a lot of concern as we're building these to not have the homeless directly on the street. So then to allow the opportunity to show that we're a compassionate city, that we want to address Many of the residents that we're looking at that are homeless are actually residents that have been here for Fremont for a long time or that have considered it call it home, be it that their families are nearby or that they've grown up in the area. They are not people who are just, you know, popping in into Fremont. These are people who have been proud to consider Fremont their home and are sadly now either displaced for many different reasons, be it medical, be it mental health, or other reasons. Right. So what are the top th- things that you have heard in these meetings from people who are against it? And what would, how would you like to address them? And what are the things that you could tell them so that, you know, you get more support for your navigation center, this navigation center? Well, I know some of the top issues are surrounding um, children and the safety of being near schools and the fact that um, there's some concern of people walking by right. the homeless but I would say that right now, um, in many of these locations, your children will be walking by the homeless. And I can't speak and that for anyone else's parenting. I know that um, I have two children myself um, who have grown up in the city. Um, it is something that sometimes you feel fear for. But at the same time, I think that my children have had the chance to see how showing a little bit of compassion and addressing people, all people deserve to be recognized as individuals and human beings. And that um, these are realities that you're going to see, whether in our city or others. And so it's something that we want to be able to address. And I think that the, the, the children should not be fearful. I understand that, you know, in general, as a parent, to always be cautious in general when you're walking out on the street in general. But it's not that necessarily that you should teach your children to fear the homeless. And I think that that part is a a sad part for me. Um, I do know that sometimes, especially in the media right now, when you look at some of the stories, people tend to highlight the ones that are the most dramatic and probably the ones that are less sensational in terms of, uh, I was mentioning, you know, like during um, a recent conference, I know that myself and the fellow mayor and as well as a supervisor at nighttime in D.C., came back from a restaurant almost every night and I know that the one fellow mayor was out there every night feeding the homeless and um, you know these types of stories that are boring and you know nothing happens people probably don't find as exciting but it shows that we can do good services um, within our communities and helping humanity and I'm glad that there's so many people be it faith-based organizations or civic organizations that help participate in that because we couldn't do it without everyone's help. 
So we're almost at the time of our show. It's a very quick short show, and I really appreciate you coming on air. So I know you're down to, it's narrowed down to two sites now, downtown and Dakota. When is the city going to make a decision and, um, or have they made a decision? We haven't made a decision yet, and that's one of the reasons why it's important for us to have these public hearings. I know that some of the public wants to know, like, are we always listening or what's happening with the data? Mm -hmm. So when people are speaking, our staff and Bax and some of the other people are taking notes, and that will be uh, condensed and also summarized for some of the council to to review, in addition to some of the cost factors and analysis. Sometimes also I wanted to clarify there are some differences in terms of data points. I know that um, some people have been busy a- analyzing and looking at those those information too. Um, and it's hard for some of these sites I'm sure people are looking at and everybody wants to draw corners from one point to another. Um, I think that staff is trying very hard to give us the information. I think that the community is really joining in this conversation and I appreciate that they want to be part of the dialogue. And so hopefully we can be able to answer some of our thought processes. But our council has been in this process for some time now in terms of looking at what are some of the considerations we can work on. And if they wanted to learn better about what we think about as a perspective, um, there are recordings of our past meetings as well as some of the the votes that we've made um, so that people can understand what we're thinking. But each time that we step in, at least for myself, I'm looking to understand um, my peers' feedback, the community's feedback, and then to hopefully provide the best services and options possible for all. All right, very well said. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show, and thanks. You know, I really appreciate it. We wanted to hear everyone's perspective on this. And anything you'd like to say in closing really quickly to all your listeners and your residents of Fremont? No, I think that we really are uh, appreciative and understand that these types of discussions are very sensitive and that it's very emotional because everyone loves their family, everyone loves our city, and everyone loves all of our fellow residents. It's how we are able to come together in these challenging times to come up with the solutions that we need to address um, our community's future. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so, you much. so yeah. much for joining us today. That was the Mayor of Fremont, Lily May, and we were talking about the navigation uh, set, homeless navigation center in Fremont that we've been talking about for quite a bit. So, Reno, what do you think about this? Um, you know, I best keep my opinions to myself. <laughs> I've been a long-time resident of Fremont. Yeah. I have all my businesses here. Right. My franchise started over here. I'm, I have my main corporate office on Maori. I've had a lot of interaction with the homeless. Uh, just two weeks ago, got a bottle thrown in my head by a homeless at 5 o'clock in the morning in my own parking lot. But um, I just feel there are two sides to every story and stuff. Right. I personally don't think down... This is my personal view. Uh-huh. I don't think downtown is the greatest choice only because of my own experiences of what's been going on with, you know, I have homeless people sleeping in my parking lot, and yes, I know the logic is, well, they'll be off the street, as Yogi said, and as Lily said, when once we have the situation, I don't think it's going to solve the problem. I still feel that there are other locations that would be better, um, and I don't live in Fremont, so I'm not going to be impacted by it, but I have many schools in Fremont, and they're young kids, preschoolers, and I know what we go through even in the evenings when we have to deal with the homeless in the parking lot, and unfortunately, it, when you do call the cops, it's not an emergency situation, so they're rare come out to solve it you generally have to solve it yourself right but you know at the same time I know that you know everybody has their opinions and I respect what council does as well they have their own analysis I don't get into the analysis that deep I give my own personal view as a 
former resident sure. and as a business owner here. Right. So. But but the good part, I think, yeah. is that it's still, you know, a trial thing. We, they'll yes. figure it out and, you know, iteratively, hopefully, we will try, learn our lessons and do it, you know, better in the future. Who knows? Well, I definitely I do, do think it, it was, it's good that the city gave the opportunity for residents to come and speak and give their opinion Absolutely. because it is city land. Yeah. And as, you know, and I know when there's a land use, you know, at the end of the day, the city can do what they want with it. In this opportunity, they actually gave the residents a chance to come right. and speak. So it's just, I don't think uh, anyone expected this kind of a well, response. Well, I think that I appreciate, Renu, especially the fact that you shared a key aspect for us. We certainly, as council, are familiar with some of the land use, and we want to partner with our Chamber of Commerce, with our business partners, um, because we realize that they've taken the time to invest in our community and call it home. But in providing some of these services, sometimes the solutions are not yep. always things that we agree on. But I also wanted to speak on behalf of our public safety, be it our fire or our police in particular. I think that we are very much interested in serving our community. One of our struggles is the limited resource, but it's an area that we're working to address mm -hmm. and that we're hoping to be able to provide the best partnership. And I'm very proud of all the work that they do um, in the community to work with our businesses to ensure people are as safe as possible. All right. Yep. All right. With that, we will uh, close the USA. Yeah. Next week, we have a young lady that's actually going to come forth and talk about her own personal journey with postpartum depression. We had had a doctor on air a few months ago, and now right. this is actually a young lady who has recovered from this, and she wants to share her experience and how families can provide that support. And then the week after, we're going to talk about a hot topic. <laughs> no, <laughs> head lice. All right. Schools opening, and I know how preschools, what we have to deal with, uh, so all the parents that feel it's okay to walk around with headlights in the hair, no, it's not, especially not the genius kids. All right. So, yep. So we've had a lot of politics for the last three weeks, and we'll go back to women and children in the women next Women and children and headlights. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you very much. For have being with us. Thank, Thank you, you so Reno. So this was Candid Conversations with Renu Dillon. Aap sab se mulakat hogi agle hafte, same time, same show, with same enthusiasm and same energy. Stay tuned to Radio Zindagi. You were listening to Candid Conversations with Renu Dillon every Tuesday, 7 to 7.30. Jia Jao.